Good morning, Meet Suits and Meet Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 134. We have now done as many episodes as the hottest temperature in Fahrenheit ever recorded in the United States, which was in Death Valley in July of 1913. Speaking of things that are uncomfortable to sit through for more than 10 or 15 minutes, this week we're talking about Jack and Jill, the 2011 film starring Adam Sandler as the male half of two identical twins, and Adam Sandler as the female half of two identical twins, in increasingly unbelievableness. I'm just going to stop you there, Alex. If they're identical, how could one be a woman? Uh, no, they're fraternal twins, Alex. They're fraternal twins? Uh, but yet they were... They are identical? Nope. I mean, they are, they're closer than fraternal twins ever are. And we'll talk about this in the twin segment. Stop interrupting me. This week's episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com. If you go to that address and sign up for a trial membership, you get an audiobook for free. With, and uh, you also support our show, and you keep both of those things. Even if you cancel your subscription before it charges you a penny, you could use it to get this book, for example, One and the Same, My Life is an Identical Twin and What I've Learned About Everyone's Struggle to Be Singular by Abigail Pugrubin. So if our twin expertness is not enough for you and you want to learn about the true trials and tribulations of twindom, check out Abigail's book on audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Let me introduce you to today's panel. We have a good one for you. you uh, I'm your host, of course. Uh, I'm at Alex Falcone on Twitter, and these are some of my good friends. Uh, first up, joining us from Seattle, Washington, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. It's Chris Smith. Hey there, guys. I have nothing funny to say about this movie. It was terrible. Uh, okay. <laughs> good effort. And then also join us. Welcome back from his long trips around the globe. He's back in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Hey, Alex. Um, I think the worst thing about being a twin would probably be that the situation will try to hook up with you and your sister. Oh, yeah. He's twinning. I forgot yeah. about twinning. Mm-hmm. Which is way better than tripping, right? We decided. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, in that, in that single bed in the smush room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and joining us once again, you may remember him from... Uh, I forgot the episode he was on. It was something about some bullshit supernatural something. Yes. So it was either episodes 10 through 13, 14, 15, 21, 28, 30, 35. It's kind of a lot of those. Um, here we go. We're making this happen, though. You may remember him from episodes 83 and 84, City of Bones. He is also a writer for The Daily Show with John Stewart and one of the hosts of the bad movie podcast, The Flop House. Sorry, there's a hyphen there. The good podcast about bad movies, The Flop House. In Brooklyn, New York, it's Dan McCoy. Hello, and I want to take you to task for uh, not only making me waste two hours of my weekend watching this movie, but to do it to do it on daylight savings weekend. So really, you've stolen three hours from me. There are a lot of things that Adam Sandler deserves credit for, and uh, but I don't think daylight savings time is him. I think that might have been the Hoover administration. Uh, I don't you know. Think that I mean, Rob Schneider. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider as as J Edgar Hoover. I think yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it couldn't couldn't be worse than anything else he's ever done. Could be worse than the actual movie about J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up J. Edgar Hoover being responsible for daylight savings time. Anyone want to guess if that's true or not? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. But I feel I, like I, I Ben like Franklin that. had something to do with it. I'm not. No, I, it might have been farther back. Yeah. Well, let's see. Wikipedia. J. V. Hudson. 
1895. Uh, not that far off. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we have a great show for you today uh, about uh, about Jack and Jill. But first, we need Chris to summarize. Chris, I would like for you, as a resident summarizer, yes, for your freakish recall and your dulcet tones, please summarize this movie for us in the style of your sister. <laughs> oh man! Some, yeah, go for it. Yeah. You could just do a slight lisp and be more Jewish if that helps. <laughs> oh, Jess, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do we say that Chris is a twin yet? I, I think that might be clear. <laughs> yeah. that he is one of two identical twins. Not identical. They're super identical. Have you ever seen them together? <laughs> so Adam Sandler plays Jack. And Jack is an advertising executive in Los Angeles. And Jack has a problem. His sister, Jill, his twin sister, who is really annoying, is coming over to spend the holidays with him. Jill is also played by Adam Sandler in some really dowdy, awful drag. Where she, he is so much more annoying than anyone ever thought. And is very sad because she doesn't have a boyfriend. So, Jack... Uh, hooks her up with an online dating profile. Some dates go poorly. Sad from that, he takes her to a Lakers game, which serves a dual purpose because Jack also needs to land Al Pacino for his ads for Dunkin' Donuts, something about a Dunkachino. Well, it turns out Al Pacino is enamored with Jill, uh, who reminds him of his home in the Bronx, and she is off doing other things. Uh, (laughs) But basically... This all comes to a head when she goes on a cruise with Jack and his family. Al Pacino wants to date Jill. Jill doesn't want to date Al Pacino, so Jack dresses up as Jill. Which is a huge stretch because that's basically what Jill looks like anyway. Right. And (laughs) goes to Al Pacino's mansion on Majorca. And uh, needless to say, Al Pacino doesn't get with Jack... uh, After some making up, things are better with the twin life. And she eventually falls in love with Jack's gardener, Felipe. For all of their magical chemistry that they shared. (laughs) Of five minutes. Yeah. Um, Who is played by crazy cousin Hector from the show Rob. And it turns out is actually a very well-respected, legitimate actor in Mexico. Uh, Respect is getting him so far in this movie. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, there's an incident with Mexican food. Um, and reactions gastrointestinally to trying Mexican food for the first time. There's a bird that drinks miniature bottles of Jack Daniels. I think there's some ornithological problems with the way the bird is. Oh, yeah. I think you might be a little over the... Like, they repeat anything you you say, not, like, anything you drink, I think. (laughs) Yeah, this is is getting into cool dog territory of things that birds (laughs) can't actually do. This bird is a fucking national treasure. (laughs) <laughs> Johnny is a joker He's a bird A very funny joker He's a bird Alright, well that seems like a pretty solid summary But let's uh, let's get complimentary right? Let's start and end with a compliment That's how we make our show seem like fair and legitimate criticism It's called The Compliment Sandwich Dan, as the guest You have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment Which do you prefer? Uh, I'll go first. All right, let's hear it. I'll say that uh, I enjoyed that for some reason uh, Dana Carvey shows up at the beginning of this movie wearing a ridiculous red 
beard and uh, silly glasses as a crazy puppeteer, says one line and then disappears from the film entirely. <laughs> Doing great, Dana. <laughs> it was his first film appearance in nine years. Really? Yeah. That's what he chose to do. <laughs> Is play the He's puppeteer been of throwing the scripts on, on, on in the trash for nine years and then until finally <laughs> the Jack and Jill script came up. And he said, yes, this. I have to do this. Do you want to star in it, Dana? No. <laughs> Definitely not. I was. I got the impression because there's so many cameos that Adam Sandler has. This is the the narrative that it seems to me is Adam Sandler has a lot of friends, a lot of famous friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all of them were aware of how bad this movie was, so none of them wanted to do more than a couple of lines. Except yeah. for Al Pacino. Except for Al Pacino, who steals the show. Well, they did get the raw star power of Jared from the subway ads. <laughs> <laughs> And Billy Banks playing himself. I feel like they should have had him playing someone else. I mean, come on. (laughs) Well, but not only did he get Jared from Subway there, but he got Jared from Subway to agree to a commercial wherein people say he still looks chubby, which (laughs) is pretty excellent. Yeah. Although he probably doesn't have a lot of power to say no to scripts anymore. (laughs) His time Jared's Jared's star will never fade. Never fade. (laughs) Uh, All right, Ezra. As you're yeah. welcome back to the country, I'm going to give you permission to go second. Um, I got to say that the fake uh, Dunkin' Donuts ad at the end um, with Al Pacino was pretty watchable. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> by watchable you just mean the sight gag of watching Al Pacino rap, right? Well, and the yeah. donut in the interior lining of his coat being donuts. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that you know could reference other movies he's done with donuts. <laughs> All of them, I think, at one time. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned to some people that I was watching Jack and Jill, and they were like, "Oh, is that the movie with the Dunkachino ad?" Because apparently, this got a lot of circulation before the movie came out, and then everyone was like, "Oh, that's great!" But clearly, the movie isn't, and so no one watched the movie. I mean, the crazy thing is, this was actually Al Pacino doing an ad for Dunkin' Donuts. Like that actually did happen. Well, but it for a product that doesn't exist, right? But Dunkin' Donuts is real. Yeah, Dan, is there a Dunkachino? Do you know? We're all West Coast people out here. Um, I'm not, I'm not familiar. Sorry. I, uh, is I'm Jared not... real, Dan? <laughs> Jared lives in all of our hearts. <laughs> Dunkachino is real, guys. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a unique blend of coffee and hot chocolate flavors. So a mocha? <laughs> hmm. Drink as is or add extra indulgence with delicious whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. Now I'm sold. Well, and so, now I know how this movie got made. <laughs> yeah, entirely sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Can I? Uh, well, so let me transition to my compliment then, because uh, my column was also for the Dunkachino moment. But at the beginning of the ad, he says he's changed his name. He's no longer Al Pacino. He's changed his name to Dunk. His name is now <laughs> Dunkachino, which is awesome because it turns out that I, I had been mispronouncing his name all along. It's not actually Al Pacino. It's Alpa Chino was his name apparently. <laughs> Right, so he kept the Chino, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, his last name is Chino, which he kept. And uh, so before he could have been, like, he could also change his name if he wanted to do another ad. It could be Dockers Chino. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or for the town Chino. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, flat front, easy iron Chino. Yeah. Or uh, if, he, if he went to uh, the tasty Tex-Mex restaurant. Chevy's? Chevy's, yeah, yeah, if he went to Chevy's. Anyway, he could change his name to Elma. <laughs> El Machino in the back anyway it's a very oh. famous thing nice his name is elma <laughs> <laughs> uh 
All right. So, Chris, that leaves you. What is your major compliment? My major compliment, I think there's always, you know, like one one writer or somebody who has, like, really funny ideas that just get through a little bit in a movie like this. Absolutely. And my compliment is for Adam Sandler's character, Jack's daughter. Um, so he has this family of, you know, wife, Katie Holmes, who does almost nothing in this movie. Um, there's adopted Indian son, and I don't know if it's adopted or biological daughter, um, but she has this doll that always matches her outfit perfectly in every single scene. When she's in pajamas, doll's in pajamas. When she's dressed as a pilgrim woman, the doll's dressed as a pilgrim woman. When she's a Girl Scout, the doll's a Girl Scout, and it's never commented. But they and did com- have a scene where they were exiting a store called My Tiny Me. Which I'm yeah. assuming is the store where you buy the outfits for your doll that dresses exactly <laughs> like you. That look exactly like you. But I love that they just never talk about it once. Yeah. And and that was I thought that was a lot of fun. You know what's funny is my in my notes, my backup compliment is for the My Tiny Me outfits, and then I went on to say that at least one person on the staff was funny. Yeah. <laughs> we must have um, twin powers, Chris. Twin powers. <laughs> Indeed. Are you also hungry for cake? Oh, yes. Yes, this is real. Totally twin. <laughs> but one is hungry for angel food cake, and the evil twin is hungry for devil food. <laughs> all right, let's get into our more uh, natural segment today. We're all, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, we're all getting a little out of shape, so we're going to do a little hate lifting. Hey. Uh, and uh, so for our hate game, in any order, uh, what is what is something very heavy that you're going to hate for us? Um, this is the clean and jerk for me, I think. Uh, that still sounds dirty. The sweat shadow is really oogie. Oh, yeah. So Jill, when she sleeps, uh, I guess sweats a lot and makes a sweat stain in the shape of her. In, a in permanent bed. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that includes her, like, her head hair. Like... Somehow her head hair sweats, and her and bird sweats also, in a bird shape. Poopsie. <laughs> yeah, again, this is more this is more of the cool dog stuff. Bird sweats? Do birds sweat? Nope. I'm guessing not. <laughs> but yeah, how is that played for laughs? <laughs> the sweat shadow. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is what I kept, like, throughout this movie, I'm like, oh, really? That's supposed to be funny? Okay. He's also, I mean, it's also like they play a lot of, like, everything gross. I mean, there's a long poop scene that happens, not to be confused with poopsie. But there's a lot of pooping <laughs> jokes. I don't know. I expected better. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Adam Sandler, I expected better from you. There were no, okay. How, like, <laughs> all right, I gotta, I gotta hate for Katie Holmes. Can't she do better than Adam Sandler? I mean, she used to be so good on, uh, on 7th Heaven. Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek, that's the one. Dawson's Creek. Come on. It wasn't the religious one. It was the one where teenagers were having a lot of sex. Oh, yeah. How did I get those two confused? You know, this is the sort of movie that you. I feel like immediately after you watch it, you could forget that Katie Holmes was in it. <laughs> like a minute after she was in it while I was watching her. Yeah. This movie is so disconnected. Like, this is. <laughs> Like one scene has nothing to do with the other, and like from moment to moment, it, it you just like we throw away everything that's happened before for one idea that's not that funny, but we're gonna put a scene around it, and it could be like this Dada theater piece if it wasn't what it is—a terrible like there are whole 
Like the whole system of Hollywood is supposed to be set up to keep this script from making it to the screen <laughs> as it's written. Because nothing makes any sense in this thing. I, I mean, I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of Adam Sandler movies, and I wouldn't say they're all better than that, right? I mean, I think the Hollywood system has been failing him for a while. No, I mean, I think that the only thing that's worse about this movie than some of his other movies, and there are, you know, there are there are funny things that he's done, but like, but but of his worst movies, of his worst like grouping of movies, the only thing that makes this at the bottom I, is uh, just how unpleasant he is in drag. <laughs> I mean, I think this movie happened because it was kind of an exercise in like how bad could an Adam Sandler movie be, and the first thing it do is double the amount of Adam Sandler on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> If you were trying to make a worse Adam Sandler film, that you need would, twice as much Adam Sandler to that, start with. Yeah, that would be totally. Yeah, I don't want to harp on the logic problems of this film. <laughs> I'm willing to. Let's go for it. But this is a movie where okay, they're they're twins, and I assume that they're fraternal twins because I did a little research. There is such a thing as uh, opposite sex identical twins. But oh yeah, who was right? In the oh end? no. But there's only been like. It says there's been three to five documented cases, according to the research I'm I'm looking at. So, there's a joke at the beginning, by the way, which is not a joke. It's like, he says, oh, you have a sister? Identical or fraternal? And then uh, Nick Schwartzen goes, nocturnal, like a bat. Which, number one, <laughs> not a joke. But also... <laughs> I, that one should like, not have gotten past the writer's room, I he just said that it's a sister, you know, so he should know, like, Tim Meadows, who asks, should know that it's a fraternal twin. The only reason he asks is to set up this terrible nocturnal joke. Right. I Well, yeah. you know what? I mean, it's funny, because I was using the phrase identical not as a scientific thing, but as in a, they, like, this is him with a wig on is the girl. Yeah. They look identical, which doesn't frequently happen with fraternal twins, right? But that's the thing. Like yeah, it doesn't. It does not. Yes, you're right. It, it does not happen that one just looks like the other in a dress. <laughs> I've met, and people should be constantly commenting in the movie, like, "Holy shit, you look exactly like her, but in a dress, uh, like him, but in a dress." But they aren't, except for at the at the end when he looks so much alike that he goes and he tries to seduce uh, Al Pacino just by putting a, a dress on. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. First of all, I don't know what Adam Sandler's game was. Like whether he thought, like, oh, okay, I'm I'm actually going to have sex with this man. I'm just gonna we'll turn we'll, we'll turn the lights off and uh, <laughs> I'll do something creative and you know. But yeah, I don't, there'd be a lot of creativity going on. But I'm guessing Al Pacino, Al Pacino, I think he knows. He would notice. He's he's had a lot. I'm guessing. Well, I mean, he does uh, give the touching speech at the end that makes. Uh, Makes Adam Sandler realize how horrible he's been to his sister. So maybe the deep touching down in his speech heart. about how they they sh they breathe the same Bronx air, and so they have like the same things in common, which means that Al Pacino could have dated any of 1.4 million people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, but then he also gives the speech about how how good Jill's heart is, and how much how much love she has to give. Yeah, I mean, this which is not at all apparent at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Now, I have to ask, I have to admit, this may be shocking, but I wasn't giving 100% of my attention to Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> this was something that was pointed out in a lot of reviews, mm -hmm. which is the whole driving, like, central conflict of the movie, other than, like, you know, just being irritated by Jill, is that 
Adam Sandler has to make this commercial. Like, he has to land this Dunkin' Donuts gig. Yeah. And we're supposed to care so much about this uh, Dunkin' Donuts thing that we're going to understand everything that he goes through, the hoops that he goes through to try and get Al Pacino. And, like, I, this is the very definition of white people's problems. I mean, like, this... <laughs> It's a little too first world for you to get concerned about it. I mean, it's not even like, there's no point at which he, I mean, unless I missed something, it doesn't even seem like there was a point at which it's like, your job is contingent on landing this big Dunkin' Donuts thing. It's just another uh, of many companies that his ad agency represents. Yeah. (laughs) He he actually did say that in the beginning. Like, he was like, we'll go out of business if we lose them. And that makes no sense that, like, your entire business plan is just contingent on this one client. Dunkin' Donuts. one commercial you haven't gotten yet. Well, this is... Yeah. He works at at Sterling Cooper, actually. Like, that's... (laughs) Before it's Sterling Cooper, Price, (laughs) something, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Price, Waterhouse, Cooper House, Toll House, something or other. They make cookies, too, right? And so, like, uh, investment cookies. <laughs> investment cookies? That you could dunk they, at Dunkachino. They make their ads in a tree. Oh, wait, that's Keebler. <laughs> yeah, that's Keebler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How so dare you? Slave elf labor. Dan, you, you do have a point. I mean, like, it was really hard to root for Adam Sandler while, you know, he's working away and he's worried that his sister's going to break his pool with a jet ski. Which yeah. did, though, which was one that's, that's in a long a line. Um, yeah. Despite there, there's like some really lowbrow farting in the bathtub, armpit hair kind of humor, but yeah. then there's also expensive CG humor, wherein they show her driving around a pool with a jet ski, and actually animate the whole thing. They don't just talk about it. I mean, that's a different level. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to way more trouble for a bad joke. Yeah, it is. That's an that's an exhausting joke. Meanwhile, they could just hit an old lady with a stick, which they did. Over and over. Several times. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the lady... lady was revived by Chili's. <laughs> and, who, and was she played by uh, Hector in drag? I assumed it was Rob Schneider. Oh, sh- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Clearly, but, but played by a guy in drag, it seemed. Also, they kept yelling jalapenos. Were those jalapenos? They looked red and... I don't think... Yeah, those are a different pepper. They, they can't even identify jalapenos. That's how bad this movie is. They didn't have someone on set to fact-check the peppers. That's what... <laughs> I, mean, I felt bad writing it down after so much else had gone wrong. But I was still incensed at them calling this red, long pepper a jalapeno. Uh, I guess oh, that's shallow of me. I'm looking it up. Uh, Felipe's grandma was played by the same guy who played Felipe. Oh, okay. oh good catch. So I was right? It was Hector? You're right, absolutely. The well-respected, legitimate theater Mexican actor who yeah. can only play horrible Mexican stereotype characters on American movies and TV <laughs> shows. It, it, because you haven't seen it, I'm assuming, Dan, he also is the crazy cousin in Rob, Rob Schneider's racist sitcom. Oh. So, you mean... Rob? <laughs> well, it's, it's actually, I think it's Rob! The oh, right. It's true. It does have an exclamation point, doesn't it? Before yeah, it was a good front exclamation point. Yeah, uh, which I assume just means, I mean, I didn't, I didn't take a lot of Spanish, but I assume just means you have to say the first and last syllables as loudly as possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then in the middle it dips, it's like a smiley face. <laughs> That's, it's a tonal language. Yep. <laughs> That's Spanish for you. They slap their hands against the wall 
You never trip, you never stumble He's walking Spanish down the hall Slip him a picture of our Jesus Hey, uh, so I, I want to Is there another example of somebody is there, is there any examples of somebody deciding to make a movie Where they play multiple family members Including the chicks That went well? Nutty Professor That went well? Nutty Professor won, dude. It was fun. It was him playing women while they farted. That was it. It was just farting jokes. The whole that was the whole clumps thing. But done so much better than this. I'm trying to think of like some like Tracy Ullman or like something else where I'm like, uh, yeah. It's uh, not... I mean, all I can think of is like Parent Trap style things. Yeah, where. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. There's no yeah. not as but much. They don't brag. play. Yeah, that there's... would have been a different movie if they were the Parent Trap were female and male fraternal <laughs> identical twins. <laughs> which one is which? We can't tell. But they're <laughs> but they're both played by uh, Freckleface. Um, what's her name? Come on, new Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan, the new Parent Trap, not the old one. Freckleface. She, she plays a boy too, where she she. <laughs> oh man, Freckleface is doing terrible in the media today. <laughs> you know, Freckleface boobsy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the little with the with the small German car. What's her name? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how you knew it. Herbie. Herbie was a small German cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bug with feelings, right? Isn't there a thing about that? Sure. I can't remember. Yeah, I, just, I guess I guess what I was thinking as was I was just thinking about how bad the clumps were, and I was like, how could you have seen the clumps or like white chicks and been like, this is going to be good? Oh. I mean, well, uh, in Doctor, <laughs> you know, Marlon and Wayne's are different people, right? They're not the same. <laughs> it's the same thing as the Parent Trap. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just Freckles McBoopsy again. That was the that was the weird thing about white chicks was that it was actually a white girl playing Marlon Wayans, and then playing in whiteface. <laughs> and Marlon Wayans' ongoing role is Damon Wayans. <laughs> Other hates? What else do you hate? Something different about the movie? Yeah, there's this weird thing. I mean, speaking of the computer generated bits, there's this thing where there's a bit that oh boy, Jill is pretty heavy for a girl. Because she's played by a man with fake boobs. And uh, so they go to the fair and she wants to ride a pony because she's never ridden a pony before. And we spend about two minutes on this bit where she gets on the pony and is very happy. And then the pony falls over because it's under too much weight. The pony does not just fall over. All four legs (laughs) of the pony break. Splay out. (laughs) That's right. And all I can think of when I see that is that pony is going to get shot now. It's such a sad moment. Yeah. Oh, poor pony. It was very cartoony. And I guess that's what I, the same thing with the jet ski. It was I was like, they, I like that they were willing to have cartoon moments. Yeah. Or the part where Norm MacDonald is hiding from Jill in the men's room by hanging from the lamp. Yeah, in there's terror. another one. In terror. <laughs> uh. And really, when Norm MacDonald is too good for you. That, that, that was a sad, because when Norm MacDonald came on, I perked up thinking that something was going to happen. And he was like, there was just nothing there. Yeah, and and that seemed like that whole setup of like creepy guy named Fun Bucket is going to go on this date, and like there are plenty of ways that could have been interesting. And said Norm's character is just quiet, quiet, and then leaving. I kind of think what happened was like there was an extended scene for Norm Macdonald, but then like Norm Macdonald actually just left the set, and they had to find <laughs> a way to write that into the movie. <laughs> so you think that that Norm Macdonald went on a blind date with this script? Yeah, <laughs> and went to the bathroom, bathroom and never came back. Exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, sure, Adam, I'll do your movie. Sure, no problem. I'll, I'll be in it. Wait, what is this movie about? I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> You're playing both roles? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's your... Okay. All right, well... You know, Explosive ha- diarrhea, you say. Well, happy, <laughs> happy Gilmore was funny. Talk to you later. I'm saying my chick bad. This ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, inside the Hollywood sign. Mr. Sandler, some bad news. It appears that the eight people who saw Jack and Jill have all been rendered illiterate. Oh, no. Uh, they still hated the movie, but now you've also ruined books for them as well. This is too much. I can deal with making the worst movies ever. I can, I can cope with exposing America to Rob Schneider. You can do it! Could you take away someone's ability to read? I vow to ma- never make another movie again. I'm hanging up my fart machine, movie executive number one. Sir, it's been an honor. Not so fast, Mr. Sandler. Movie executive number two. The very same. People don't need to read anymore now that audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep gives them a free audiobook. So they can still enjoy great literature like War and Peace. And see a movie about you in drag with explosive diarrhea falling in love with Al Pacino. You're welcome, America. We're sorry, America. Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Sir, you're a fart machine. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's have a let's have a conversation with an expert. Uh, we like to play. Uh, we like to ask experts sometimes when we're in over our head. And today we are fortunate enough to have with us a twin expert, having grown up as fraternal, not identical, but you know, in the right light, a little bit similar looking twins. Uh, <laughs> it's not a super identical situation, but you are a twin. You are half of a twin. Twins. Yeah. Half of yeah, twins. I'm half of a twins. How do you stay alive being half, half just half a person? <laughs> <laughs> do you ever miss the other half of your brain? Do you wish it was there? Uh, no, because I can hear her thoughts, Alex. Oh, right. I thought that was an identical thing. No, we get we get half of it. It's like uh, it's like gotta focus really hard. Well, so here's what I want. I guess my first question then is, what do we call you? Are you like a, a half a pair of shoes? Can we just do you just call it a shoe, or are you like this doesn't function by itself, so it's only half of shoes? You know, I like to think that I'm a whole person. Um, the way that a pair of shoes has a mate out there somewhere, just because she's working for the government in Washington, um, you know, doesn't mean that you're not that still. I'm not part of a whole. That's right. Why are my shoes working for the government? Not your shoes. Half of me shoes. <laughs> All right. Do you? Are, is it possible for you and your sister to both be likable at the same time, or is it one or the other? No, 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 no. Um, if she's awake, I'm asleep. <laughs> and if I'm hungry, that means she needs to eat something. Um, huh. So I, I guess if I'm being likable, she's being a complete ass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it, is it the same thing with your like abilities to be dating Al Pacino? Only one of you can do it at a time? That's right. Although she did put on uh, you know, some man clothes. And and try to do that once. I don't know. I think Al Pacino has this weird rule where it's only one twin at one time. 
Well, I guess that's my most important question about being a twin, Chris, is would you be willing to make out with Al Pacino to help your sister? Um, well, no, to help to help my own career? Yes, that that, well, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Would you be willing to <laughs> make out with Al Pacino to make, help your own career? Yeah, I mean, to help her, sure. If it's for someone else, you can do it, but not for selfish interests. Yeah, you know, I'm always living my life for someone else. Really? Uh, Oscar-winning actor Al Pacino? You're too good <laughs> to make out with Al Pacino. Well, well, he, well, well. he'd do it. He'd do it for for a good cause, but not for himself. Yeah, for a good cause for charity. Yeah, um, yeah, a good cause like him being Al Pacino, <laughs> star of you know, the Godfather. Point. I never thought of it that way. He only uh, has the one Oscar, though. Yeah, that's what that's one thing we learned from Jack and Jill. <laughs> hey, uh, I I just happened to look up Al Pacino on Wikipedia uh, after uh, thinking about that Oscar fact. Mm-hmm. Here's something. He had he has twins with actress Beverly D'Angelo. Huh. Identical. So maybe that's what uh, maybe that's what brought him to this. Uh, yeah, maybe his project. twins were in that fake twin interview thing they did before and after the movie. Oh man, that was terrible. <laughs> Chris, have you ever had to stand in front of a generic like J.C. photo studio backdrop and talk about what it's like to be twins with your sister? Uh, twice, although once the role of my sister was played by me. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the second half of our, of our compliment sandwich. This is going to be our minor compliment or the last nice thing you'll ever have to say anywhere in the world about Jack and Jill. So for this, we go in the reverse order, which means, Chris, you are up first. What is your minor compliment? My minor compliment is that this movie, uh, while forwarding a lot of retrograde ideas and awful humor, actually did have one nice thing in it. And that is at the Thanksgiving that Adam's, or that Jack's family is throwing, their, I don't know, were they parents, in-laws or something, brought a homeless person to eat Thanksgiving with them. And this homeless person was courteous and uh, didn't try to steal much besides a few extra rolls when he left because Jill was so annoying. Um, yeah, and I just got to say, way to go. Way to give back. Yeah. <laughs> Tip your hat to Otto the homeless guy. Yeah. Another sketch that was long and didn't make a lot of sense. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but not the worst part of the movie by a long shot. And uh, I, I respect the restraint that um, the filmmakers had to, you know, they had an actual, you know, uh, Indian American, and didn't make them, you know, didn't make the Indian American kid dress up as uh, a Native American Indian. Actually, that's kind of a funny idea. Good job with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then you guys missed that one. Screw <laughs> you, writers. All right. Uh, that makes it my turn. So, for my minor compliment, uh, there was a scene early on where they were shooting a commercial, and I really like the idea. I like them filming a scene with all the people filming scenes. Because there's like those two guys in a director's chair watching all these monitors, and then behind them in real life are two less famous guys in director's chairs watching monitors, and it's sort of like when you're at the barber shop and there's a mirror in front of you and behind you, <laughs> and it goes on forever. It's like that's what I picture happening there. There might have been a documentary crew also. At exactly the same time. Yeah, for the special features for the Jack mm-hmm. and Jill Blu-ray special edition 15th anniversary. <laughs> People who know me get me that. <laughs> I think this is how people who graduate from, like, UCLA film school get jobs. This is, like, first job, pretending to be a director. Awesome. (laughs) 
I don't know which one would be more harmful to your career is to actually have directed Jack and Jill or to have pretended to be a director in the movie Jack and Jill. Because both are just terrible. Or if you were like, if you were a PA, like, did they hire actors to pretend to be the PAs on the set? Or were there, do you think they just took the PAs and were like, all right, no, just stand on that side of the camera for this scene? <laughs> I'm assuming they're not union, so there might be an issue with that. But Non union PAs. I like, uh, I love the infinite regress of directors. Yeah. All right, Ezra, your minor compliment. Um, I always like to know the state of racism. And uh, according to Jill, um, first is India, then is China, then are the Jews, now they're number three, and then German, uh, Germany is number four. So um, I'd like to give a, a big uh, shout-out to, to Japan, uh, number five, keep on trucking. <laughs> Wait, those are the most racist or the people that we hate the most? No, no, the people doing the best. Oh, the in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they said India is number one, China is number two, and Jews are now number three. Now number three. Uh, so uh, well, congratulations. Yeah, really. The worst thing you can do as an American Jew is, um, you know, become so rich that um, other American Jews won't stop you from making terrible movies. <laughs> I think this was on the strength of his oeuvre. It's just been so solid that he earned this one. We really need to have an Adam Sandler. Um, no, uh, really film don't. <laughs> no, we really do. We Let's... watch. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Idea. We get like uh, <laughs> 10 laptops in a room, each playing a different Adam Sandler movie at the same time. All right? And we just, whoever taps out first uh, loses. We, ju- we just, Our alternative, review, we, we just yeah. review all of Adam Sandler in, in the, at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> I mean, I like. sounds kind of interesting. I liked Happy Gilmore, but that's because I was 13 when I saw it. Well, so we need a time machine also. Or just we should bring in a 13-year-old who can watch and be our, like, our barometer. Yeah. He can be our, uh, yeah, he's, our, he's our, our set that we leave and we study and compare everything to him. Because he'll survive. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'll survive, but at what cost? <laughs> well, I was trying to think of the, I was trying to think of the word uh, control group, and I couldn't get there. And I was going to call it a uh, freckle-faced group, and that didn't work either. <laughs> The freckle face group, yeah, with the boobs, yeah, and the German car, yeah, that that study group. <laughs> I like, I like the sort of like the translate, like the I guess the knockoff version of that is like freckle face boobs with German car. <laughs> that, yeah, that was the that's the pirate version of that movie. Yeah, exactly. Or that's the that's the literal translation of the Japanese title. Yeah, that's exactly. the uh, Pacific Rim title of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Your turn. You get the uh, last word on this movie. I kind of liked at the very end of this movie, after we saw the Dunkachino commercial, when Al Pacino was just like, "Burn this, yeah, get all the copies and burn them." You get the because, like, the impression you might be talking about the movie, not the. Would have been great if he had just turned to the camera and like you know, done like a direct address to the audience. Yeah. This, yeah. No one should ever see this. Fortunately no, for him, he was close to right. It was a it was a great uh, you know it was a great double du- it's a meta commentary on the film, but also you know it's funny it, I like the fact that this was the whole stupid MacGuffin of the whole movie this this commercial and at the end it's just like well that's not gonna go out anymore. yeah like no one's gonna see this <laughs> I don't, the end standpoint I don't get that at all like they just end on it not being that good yeah that's it and Adam Sandler not realizing that it's bad. It's a big fucking shaggy dog story. <laughs> it's true. Adam Sandler never realizes that it's bad. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. There are some close-ups in there. Yeah. Um, 
Also, but, I don't like the idea that Al Pacino did the whole commercial, and then only when he saw the edit was he concerned that no one should ever see it. But the whole time he was rapping with the donut jacket on, he was like, this is decent. This yeah, play, depending that, on how they cut it, this could work this out. This will play. <laughs> that was the thing, though. I mean, like there were, be- there were better takes of him rapping with the donut thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was angry at the ones they chose. They chose the bad ones. <laughs> oh, God. Al Pacino, all right? Between 1973 and 1993, uh, 20 years, he had eight Oscar nominations, all right? And since well, then... now nine with Jack and Jill. No. That's, that's right, Jack and Jill, of course. Isn't that, Great nod. There should be an Oscar nomination for, like, best actor in a movie that is obviously terrible. You I mean, should totally be a category where you're like, you have to try to rise above a terrible film. I mean, he was up against himself, because if you remember Gigli, he was also the best part of that ridiculous movie. He was! Yeah. He, he kind was. of tried to out-ridiculous everyone. I want to give him a Lifetime Achievement Award for movie movies that are clearly below him that he did a pretty good job in. I mean, at a certain point, though, you're not slumming. This is where you're at now. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, like, unlike uh, De Niro, who who slums and puts no energy into it, Pacino <laughs> is really putting all his heart into this. He does. Yeah, that's why I, he would win that that Oscar over De Niro for best actor in a crappy film. I would like to see De Niro and Al Pacino in a terrible movie together if that hasn't happened yet. Um, oh, Righteous Kill! Come on! <laughs> oh, <laughs> so quick. Well, there we are. I haven't seen Righteous Kill. Tell us about it. Uh, they are very, very old cops <laughs> who uh, are introduced to us shooting Uzis at the range to, I guess, prove that they're still Beryl. And uh, I don't know. There's some. There's. I we watched it for the show. I can't like these things go in one ear and out the other. Like I can't. Yeah. There was some sort of twist or something. It was a. It was a. It was a cop movie that was just terrible. Starring in this order, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Fitty Cent. Oh, God. <laughs> Congratulations, Fitty, for having third billing. Yeah. <laughs> to those two actors. Uh, uh, the culmination Dan, of a lifelong question, dream ruined. Fitty's <laughs> yeah, like, I really want this to happen. <laughs> well, uh, well, Dan, uh, if, you had, uh, if you had to answer this like it was your own show, is this a, a good, bad movie, a, a bad, bad movie, or a good, good, bad, or a bad, good, good, or... Uh, <laughs> this is, you've listened no, to a, a bad, lot of Flophouse episodes <laughs> <laughs> I only realized after I started saying it that I wasn't going to be able to say it correctly. Or a movie that you actually kind of liked yeah. it's a, No, it's a bad, bad movie For all that I said that uh, it's easier to watch than some of them I would not recommend yeah, that doesn't make it, it. That's, that's clearly not a compliment, we, we know that much mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, it's not, it's not, there's nothing uh, delicious in its, its terribleness It's just a bunch of <laughs> shit thrown at you What's, well, what what should people watch instead this week? What should they watch instead? Yeah. Oh, Not to be I, on the spot. The you Daily what? Show I, with Jon Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yep, every night. Well, <laughs> four nights. Yeah, and then on vacation every third week, so. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so much crap from people about that. And, really? uh <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We will be back again next week. Next week, we are talking about The Hunger Games, the film. Are we actually? I think so, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, I'm really excited. 
That may come out. I, that, I think that release is the 23rd or 24th, right around there. Right? Yeah. So we, you guys watch actually enjoy listening. that. Yeah, we definitely yeah. will actually enjoy that. Um, the, the book was gen- was pretty enjoyable. People made us read it, so now we get to act as if we're forced to watch the movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. This is a treat. Anyways, you should check that out in theaters and uh, come back here and talk to us about it. It might actually be a dandy good time uh, of kids killing each other. Uh, but uh, check that out. Watch it again. Uh, come back. Also, if you have any feedback for us, facebook.com slash weep is the best place to go. Um, and please take a second to support our uh, our guest today, Dan, the Flop House, which is at uh, Flophouse Podcast. Uh, it's so www.flophousepodcast.com. And yes. I have to say the www's because for some reason it doesn't come up without them. Oh, uh, really? That's where the podcast lives. All right. Well, you should check it out. Uh, I, it, it, is a, it is a terrifically good show. It's The only thing it's missing is, is books and TV shows. Otherwise, it would be a perfect TV show, a perfect podcast. But anyway, so check I it should, out. I should note also that um, uh, you guys have a very excellent wiki um, at flophousepodcast.wikia.com. Um, yeah, there's some very crazy people out there who have been uh, devoting their lives to uh, noting down every recurring joke, or in fact, joke that happens just once. Yeah. Um, apparently, Dan, your core is very strong, as from what I hear. Um, oh, and and we, like uh, lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very proud that, that you know Read and Weep has a small link um, on Dan's uh, wiki page um, because of this appearance. Should we have a wiki? Or is this copy? Yeah, I want to have a wiki. I think we'd be, it'd be a little copying them at this point. I'm very okay with that. I mean, uh, two thirds of them are on the Daily Show. I think we should be doing everything we can to copy them. He's right here, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that you should check out that, and uh, and you should you should uh, let Dan know that you're not crazy and that you like him. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Dan. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me. We will we will see you again soon. And uh, thanks as always, Chris and Ezra. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it. That's the end of the show. Part of our show. Goodbye, everybody. Psh. Nothing from nothing beat nothing. You gotta have something.